favorite thing when we were talking about doing uh, season three is we're like, okay, what are we going to do different about season three? And one of the main things we're like, we need to monetize. Like we hit, we don't want to sell out, but like we, it would be nice to like monetize. But we want money. Yes. <laughs> and the first thing we found out is we do not have any way to monetize because not enough people listen to our podcast. <laughs> We're like, okay, never mind. Womp, womp. <laughs> we don't want to sell out. Yeah, that's why we're not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's this it. Is, this is about artistic integrity. Absolutely. <laughs> not the fact that nobody wants to sponsor us. Which you can still, just disclaimer, you can still have artistic integrity and make money off of your art. No, I don't think that's That is that's totally true. true. No. <laughs> Jamie's like, no, you can't. Nope. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, we'll do our best not to keep you from your writing group because Ooh. obviously priorities there. Mm. But I think I'm I think we're more important, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the act break. Take a break from your creative endeavors and hang out with us. Have a little simulated human interaction. Because internet friends totally count. Welcome back to the Act Break Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about idea generation with the super awesome Greta Valentine. Welcome back, Greta. I'm glad to be here. We're very excited that you decided to join us yet again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to have you. I'm Carly and I am a grimdark fantasy and speculative fiction writer. And I am Jamie Redact. I am a speculative fiction, science fiction, wibbly-wobbly writer. Um, and I'm Greta Valentine. I am also a speculative fiction writer that probably emphasizes fantasy more than the other subgenres. Reasonable. It's a good one. It's a hard to come up with like the right thing. I've been saying wibbly wobbly, which I don't love, but I keep saying for some reason. Well, I mean, it's, it's a Doctor, it's who. A Doctor yeah. who thing, and it's not a bad way to describe right. the fun, quirky things that you like to do with well, your writing. I think it's because, like, deep down inside, I want to say like a humor writer, but I'm afraid if I say it, then it's like, what if I'm not funny? And then people are like, mm, are you though? You just got to own it. I didn't realize until we got on the Zoom. Could I be talking to you two on a better day? The two people I know who are the most obsessed with Star Wars. Yes. And it, it, we are recording on May the 4th. Yeah, I was I was wondering, I was like, are we going to be allowed to like talk about it? Because I know that we're recording on the 4th, but we're not releasing it on the 4th. Yeah. I wanted to say happy Star Wars Day to Greta. Yeah, I'm actually kind of ashamed that I haven't made like a Star Wars themed cocktail or something yet today. <laughs> I think they're going to take... They're yeah. going to take my card. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to take your nerd card. Intergalactic uh, pass has been revoked. <laughs> Uh, I know it ended up being perfect as soon as I realized it was May the 4th and it was you Greta like we did not plan that nice and it happened to be the 4th and we're like Greta and it it was perfect it's just a delightfully uh, fortuitous serendipitous coincidence yes let's try to get the ball rolling on the concept of idea generation um we we're hoping to just chat about, I don't know, our experiences with how we keep the ideas flowing. How do you keep the how do you keep the creative juices, you know? 
Yeah. And I think it's interesting. Like I always like uh, guess because we had like a smattering of different possibilities because everybody's going to find inspiration in different places just because of their creative, you know, the way they put everything together. Our cre- your creative bent. Yeah. Because even just like I had written down generating ideas and Carly says, idea generation and just the mere fact like I feel like that's like a really good example of how your brain comes to a conclusion can pull from different things and interpret things differently Mm -hmm. because every time you say it I say it the opposite way in my head (laughs) so that I can recontextualize it and that's That's what story that's what like a lot of coming up with stories is is taking one idea and then recontextualizing it in a way that one you can intake and then that you can then morph into something new and then produce. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that too in terms of just like borrowing from things that, I don't know, stories that inspire me because that's probably when you said idea generation, like inspiration was the first thing that came to my mind. And there's the idea of like taking and stealing from different stories and just kind of like looking at something from a new angle or rewriting it in your own voice or something like that. And so that's where I kind of went with the, yeah, just like turning it and looking at it from a different angle. Yes, I love that, turning it and looking at it from a different angle, because nothing's really new. Right. I mean, we recycle similar things over and over again. There's different trends and stuff. It's all about your own personal lens or the direction that you look at something from mm-hmm. the the area that you like to shine the flashlight on or whatever yeah yeah because there's so many different types of like story structure that fall into like like Greta was talking about like you take influences from other things we're all kind of a mesh of all the stories that we've taken in yeah you got to be able to like kind of make something new when there's some ideas are recycled, some ideas are new, but um, they can all still be enjoyable in different forms. I've heard it described as a compost pile, just kind of putting on just like music and movies and comics and like everything just kind of like marinating and mulching together and coming out however it is that you choose to express it. Right. And I think that's the really cool thing about people being creators of whatever kind, you know, whatever your particular brand of art is, however you choose to tell a story, whether it's a painting or a novel or a video game or whatever, it's a, you know, compilation of your own personal compost pile. Your all the things, the things that you intake, your experiences, your personal perspective on the world, all of those things trickle through and are shown in your work so today we're we're really broaching the the question that haunts so many writers and (laughs) authors where do you come up with all your ideas where do you get your ideas from (laughs) uh which i yeah like seriously every author interview i think any of us have ever seen that's like one of the questions that comes up and I think it's, I don't know, from what I've heard, it sounds like the question that writers dread the most. Yeah, I think it's really hard to articulate it for yourself sometimes. Like, I can say what sources I draw inspiration from, but, like, tracing the genesis of an idea, like, that's kind of tough. Like, I can say what I do to, like, try and intentionally generate ideas, or I can say what the sources of inspiration for a specific story were. 
but it's like when you ask someone where they get their ideas from that just seems so abstract and like on the spot you're like I don't know (laughs) stuff that fills my cup like inputs I don't know (laughs) what else the question of where do you get your ideas from kind of frames it almost like one day I was thinking about nothing and the next day I was thinking about this exact story in every detail when you're like and no, all of it, yeah. it, it all coalesced came into very one slowly over time in little increments or you know like it might have been like you were saying like the tiny inception but I I didn't actually have an it wasn't like a fully formed idea that's something that happens over time yeah yeah that was one of the things that I wanted to say about when I was trying to think about where I get my ideas from, I usually start writing something and I have like an idea or I've drawn from a couple sources, but that idea always morphs and changes as I work. And so it's the sitting down and working and like noodling around with stuff that like generates new ideas. And that's both comforting and frustrating because some of my biggest fears are like, oh, I'm working on this one project, but I have no idea what I'm going to do after that. Like I might never have an idea for a book again. But it's like, if you just mishmash, like at least I've found in my experience, if you start out with a concept, start out with a bare bones of something and just like sit down and work on it, like stuff comes to you. Yeah. And it's yeah. not always, yeah, the most glamorous. You just kind of have to sit there and stare at the, the laptop. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the more like you develop like a story and you have ideas, sometimes you'll end up with all these ideas and then you have to go do all of these ideas belong in the same story in the same book (laughs) and the answer is usually no so you can take some of those ideas and store them away for later to be reused where they're going to be more impactful or like you know you can't throw everything but mashing together mashing together some ideas can be a way that you can take something that doesn't feel fresh anymore and make it feel fresh. It's just a matter of how many ideas. Right. Don't try to, you know, tackle too many things all at once. Yeah. I feel like most of us, most of us, probably not all of us, but most of us have at least one point early days have tried to do the everything and the kitchen sink story. Yeah. <laughs> Before we really learn, like, how much we should actually bite off in a story science fiction speculative fiction fantasy in particular you are going to ask your reader to buy into like one big thing and you know you can't ask them to suspend disbelief on everything but there's going to be probably be one aspect where you're going to be like you're going to buy into this just got to trust me yeah yeah and you can't do that with every aspect because then they're going to be like nah that's too many things (laughs) i don't know you well enough for that until you're more established and then obviously like you have uh way more uh as what the writing excuses call a budget a bigger budget for those things but Mm -hmm. i'm listening to an interesting audiobook right now i have yet to get very far in it but um the author is talking about um how humans think in fragments what is the book the myth of normal by uh, Gabor Mate, MD, and Daniel Mate. Um, I have only barely gotten into it, but it's very interesting so far. Um, But yeah, they're talking about the idea that we think in fragments, and they're referring to it in, in a different context entirely. But it, I think, applies to this discussion in that idea generation isn't 
usually this fully formed, like, I know Star Wars from start to finish, you know, it's just come into being with all of its little nuances and details, because art by nature is in some fashion, um, a lot of it is improvisation. And you, yeah, you'll get these ideas and then you sit and like you were saying, Greta, like noodling, playing with it and something will come because you've tried something different and you throw this out, but you keep that and then you mash that with something else. And it's, that's how things are created. There's not usually, you know, there's, there's an impetus, there's a starting point, of course, but to say where you get all of the ideas from is just this combination of things over time. And it's so hard to pinpoint all of those things. Yeah, that feels very apt, that kind of interplay, um, thinking about writing and discovery writing and kind of starting with an idea and then like sinking into the meat of the scenes and kind of getting lost in it and forgetting where you're going and kind of like thinking in those fragments, writing in those fragments. And then, um, when you were talking about improv and like kind of uh, collaborating with like other actors or something like that, I think of that as like feedback or like rereading your own work and being like, Oh, maybe this is too many ideas. Like maybe I need to hone this. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe what this person is saying um, means that I should change this a little bit. And so it just like morphs into this thing that's different than what you started with. Yeah. There's also the saying in like writer's room and that's uh, best idea wins. And I feel like you have to do that with yourself too. You step back from your story and you go, is this different enough? Is there something that could be better? Can I, can I make it more original, more, what's the word? Probably just original. <laughs> <laughs> more exciting, any, any of those things. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the skills that I struggle with is doing that in the moment as I'm drafting. Mm. Because I think for me, what often happens is like first idea wins. And then I find mm. myself writing down a rabbit hole or something and having to course correct after I have 10,000 words, however many thousand words, um, and having to go back and do the iterating then. Um, yeah, I, I think I really want to get better at that skill of brainstorming and like getting all the ideas out and being like, okay, what's the coolest? Yeah. Um, what's the best? What makes the most sense for the story? Yeah, I hear you on the first idea wins thing. I do that too. And I get so protective of that first idea because that's yep. the starting point. Right. And so whatever I write must be that. Yeah. Because that's where it started. Mm -hmm. And I not necessarily. I mean, if that's what got you going, great, but it doesn't mean that it can't morph into something that doesn't even resemble that anymore, and it still was inspired by whatever that was that started you off. Yeah, I have a story I'm writing right now where I thought of a character and an interaction for that character, and I was like, okay, book idea, and I started writing it, and all these other characters came to me, and I have this ensemble cast, and now I'm like, oh, the original character doesn't fit crap like what am I gonna do is that a different story does it still fit into this story so I'm gonna have to figure that out but yeah it definitely took me a place I wasn't expecting and that that can be good yeah yeah absolutely cool. I feel like a lot of my stories start out like it's probably not good but while I'm driving <laughs> I'm letting my mind wander when I should probably be focused on driving yes, you but do. either well yeah <laughs> either driving or like in the shower and then you have like a random like the inception thought of like 
what if this or what if that or who is this Mm -hmm. person and then like it's about going back and like taking a more intentional time to sit down and make decisions about plot and like what is this story even actually about uh what can I make it about that makes other people invested in either the concept or the character preferably both (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah. So Greta, what about you? Do you have specific places that you feel like are recurring theme that you're like, oh, hey, I keep getting these ideas when I do this? I don't know if I do. I think like if there's any common theme in like where the ideas for my book length projects come from, it's usually a question that I am personally struggling with. And I'm like, hey, what if I have some other characters explore this on the page and like see if some answers will come out of that process. Um, Or it's just like a a concept or a trope or a setting that I find cool and I want to spend some time exploring it. I don't know that I have, like once I have those ideas bouncing around in my head and I have an outline and I have kind of like problems and questions that I'm trying to solve of like, what is the structure of the story? That's where I get ideas in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) But I I don't think there's any one place. Yeah, it's not so much the... um... The place or the act, it's like things that put your mind into spinning leaf. You're slightly yeah. off focus mm-hmm. from reality. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, because it. you're not like in, you're not um, attentively like, and now I'm shampooing my hair. Yeah, you're just, you're doing things on autopilot. M- maybe it's the massaging of our, of our brains while we uh, <laughs> shampoo. Or just the fact that we're like allowing ourselves to not do something for like five minutes. Right. Not like distracted relaxing. by a screen or yeah. something. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to that. I think uh, I, I tend to do better thinking, whether it's for the inception of an idea or while I am processing how to b- make my ideas better when I'm in the shower driving or going for a walk, something where yeah. I'm either moving my body or my mind isn't distracted by all the million little things that are going on around me because I have to either be focusing on what I'm doing or I can't like, you know, walk around while I'm taking a shower. Right. <laughs> it's like one of those uh now you see it posters, but for your mind where you have to defocus your mm-hmm. eyes to actually see what the picture is. It's like yeah. that, but oh for my your God, brain. That's funny. Well, even yeah, that's for I your brain. I haven't thought about but... those things in a while. That's funny. So I guess my question now is, are you ever struggling to find ideas or either of you or do you have stuff on a backlog? Like, do you just always have ideas popping up and you're just you're either writing them down or you're cataloging them in your mind? Or are you ever at a point where you're like, I got nothing. And then you have to find a way to inspire yourself. I'm just curious what that looks like for each of you. I feel like I am not someone who walks around with copious ideas for what I want my next project to be. I also really struggle to come up with ideas for short fiction. I do have like a little notebook where I keep snippets of like quotes or song lyrics or dreams or just ideas that I had, but it's not super big. And I do kind of think about that when I'm working on something. I'm like, oh gosh, if I'm going to have to write a short story or if I'm going to have to like, if I'm finishing this draft and I want to start a new book, like what the heck is it going to be about? Because I'll tend to look at those things and think like, ah, none of these are very good. But I think again, it's like one of those situations where if I just sit down and start working with one, I'm like, oh, this would be a, a way to make it cool. Or this would be a way to make it interesting. And 
the ideas just kind of start generating from there. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm one of the people who like writes down if I have like I have a whole notebook that's just like unexplored ideas. Um, you mentioned short fiction, though. I find that I cannot do premeditated short fiction. I love that term. <laughs> <laughs> it's like premeditated murder. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anytime I have like a story that I think about too hard, it's going to be a novella or a novel. If I want to write short fiction, I have to get like a prompt or a quick idea and then I have to spew it out because if I think about it too long, I'm like, it's a whole novella Um, or I want to keep this character for this story or use it somewhere else. So I have like a whole bunch of ideas, but I I do feel like it. I don't know if osmosis is the right term, but like you're just taking in, especially like if you're reading a lot of books documentaries i was thinking specifically of generating ideas i've been listening to a lot of uh non-fiction and i feel like throughout history science fiction is very much based like comes from a non-fiction background and where oh, you yeah. take something technologically that exists but then push it to its max and or what is the worst case usually scenario of where this can be. And it reminds me of there's a book called Change Agent. The book is based on real technology that exists called CRISPR, which is about, you know, changing genetics, basically. And there's a lot of science fiction that is based on a real science that exists that is then just explored more. And so the more I've been listening to nonfiction, I listen to a lot of neuroscience books. I'm like little bits of it are like things that I'm like, oh, you could totally like drop this into a story. Um, and like mm-hmm. you were saying, like a Even compost just a detail of like just throwing all these little ingredients yeah. in that you're like, oh, I might use that later. That saying of like the truth is stranger than fiction. I find that to be so true. That short story that we just did this last week for the challenge for our writing group, literally I pulled both of the ideas that I got that were the bigger science-y parts of that from articles of science that is in development, people who are studying those things in the real world, and I just messed with them for fiction. So yeah, it's definitely something I think to look at what's happening in the real world. And I know we all try to dissociate as much as possible from all of that. But yeah, finding those those things in real life and going, hey, how could I make this interesting? How could I take it worst case scenario? How could I make it better? How can I turn it around and make it for the, the good or whatever? Yeah. That exact thing where you're like, you're like mm, I'm going to take this and I'm going to like, I'm going to use it. Yeah, let me just play with that. I mean, because... Yeah, I definitely relate to both of those things where it's snippets. It's an idea from a dream or a song lyric or, you know, whatever. And just I have like a notes app on my phone where I just throw little things. And in and of themselves, they're probably not nothing, but like not much on their own. But maybe two of the different ideas could maybe come together to make something. Or I can spin off of one, but I... (laughs) I agree. I cannot premeditate my short fiction either. I yeah. am a I'm a back burner writer. Everything is simmering in the back. And until it's ready, I can't make it into 
anything long, but if it has enough time back there, it will become long every time. Yeah, I think uh, I'm kind of similar. Um, One reason that I don't do much premeditated short fiction is like, but that's just (laughs) not. I love that that's a thing. (laughs) It's just like, it's just not a muscle that I've worked as much as writing something longer. And part of that, I think, is maybe I'm just like talking this through right now <laughs> out loud is that maybe it. maybe I have more experience kind of like tacking on ideas like adding new ideas like seeing where ideas go um rather than taking an idea and like going really deep with it um or like knowing when to stop generating ideas I really admire that skill in people who do short fiction well of being able to take an idea and hone it and be very concise and that is just a muscle that I'm definitely still developing, like knowing knowing when to stop adding ideas, I suppose. That makes a lot of sense. You did a fantastic job with your short story for our thing, by the way. Thank I you. felt like it was a concise, like it it was a contained thing. So yeah. go you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did definitely. That was, that was good. I was going to say like prompts are really helpful for that because left unchecked my mind will just expand my ideas will just expand and I feel like prompts or constraints actually like help my creativity rather than inhibit it in that situation yeah kind of like guide it or corral it or like channel it because I mean what a problem to have that your mind just goes wild when given the space for it that's it's not a bad sometimes sometimes going wild in terms of words and not ideas um but, yeah. but it definitely can present its own challenges for sure. That's what could be uh, really helpful in like forcing like me to grow as a writer is having a word cap. Like you have to mm. you have to get an idea across and make somebody care, but you only have this many words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was writing a short story and I ended up, what was it? 750 words. And I was like, oh, I'm going to free write. And I came up with 1,200 words. That is too many words. And it was like an exercise in what was most valuable, what Mm. ideas or Mm -hmm. what words were best to like drive the point. Yeah. And then like having to cut all that out. Like you were saying, it's not a muscle I've worked, but I should. (laughs) Um, An exercise that was really cool that I got in a writing class one time was that we got some kind of prompt. I don't remember what it was, but we had to write at least a page on it like We had 25 minutes or so and we wrote by hand and then we would stop and we had to write that same idea, like rewrite what we had written in three paragraphs. And then we stopped and we rewrote it again in a single paragraph. And it was kind of, yeah, just thinking about what to cut out, like what to focus on, like what turns of phrase to keep and which to not keep. Um, That was just a really interesting exercise in honing and kind of like taking something where you didn't have a very focused idea to begin with and like really focusing it. Um, and I found that really valuable. Reducing it down to its most important elements. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, I mean, that's a skill that is valuable regardless of the length that you're writing. I think I'm working on a project right now where it is a novel length piece, but I'm writing it in sections. And because I'm writing it in sections, it's forcing me to look at it in each of these is a stick, you know, quote unquote, standalone. I'm air quoting like Jamie does. (laughs) Perfect for podcasts. (laughs) Exactly. 
So great. Um, each of these things has to stand alone. It has to pack a punch in its own right. And that should be the case for everything that we're reading. There, It should all serve a purpose. It should be moving something forward all of the time. And the best books, the books we love the most – the movies that we love the most, the TV shows that we love the most are the ones that are utilizing their screen time, their page time um, for the most impact at any given moment. Yes, you're making such a good point. One of my hugest peeves about TV shows now is when they're wasting, like you have a finite amount of time, usually like especially Disney shows or pretty much remakes where I'm like, you... Why did you waste so much screen time on this? Like, why are we watching this? Why was this scene six minutes long? It could have been yeah. two. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that idea of writing to constraints, Carly, or writing in. I call them containers. Like when I set up a Scrivener mm. document for my, if I'm using a beat sheet or a structure of some kind, I like to look at my different acts and scenes and chapters as containers where the purpose of that piece has to fit in there. Yeah, I'm still working on keeping it concise, but I think it is is help it's helpful to kind of have that bird's eye view and just know like where you have to where you have to pack the punch. You've got to make a point and have a purpose um to what's going to happen during this part in the structure of your story and yeah, taking good advantage of the um, like the economy of space that you have is a, it's a good skill to have. And and having the skill of being able to boil your writing down, like you were talking about, you make it a paragraph, is really going to be helpful when you get to points where you need to write synopsis or queries. Being able to boil your story down into the main points that are going to sell it or going to convey or hook a reader into it is something that you're going to use throughout your writing. And that's really helpful showcasing your most crucial and critical ideas because I mean to bring it I mean it's not that we're not talking about idea generation but a lot of times some or at least for for uh pantsers uh you know <laughs> that word um or you know whatever whatever you want to call that uh for yourself we struggle sometimes. I know I've struggled with knowing what my really what my idea is. What am I going for here? What are what are my themes? Because I'm just kind of like going for it. And a lot of the times you don't know some of those things like theme doesn't come out until even if you're aiming for one, a lot of times it ends up being something else your subconscious was working out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that ability to be able to condense those things to really work it out and know ultimately these are the things that my story is really about yeah. and those ideas. And I think that practice of doing those things helps us to think about the things that are most interesting to us, which can help us fuel future ideas because we think about like, oh, well, I tend to be the things that make me feel alive tend to be these sorts of things and that I think helps me for in the future yeah. our ideas and where we we choose to like take our stories sometimes guided more by our subconscious than we realize <laughs> yeah. so it's like um after the fact you realize like oh these things obviously must be like the most important things to me to convey in my stories 
like yeah. hitting home on on these themes or making readers feel these certain ways yeah. are like things that drive me as a writer and those are things that are going to contribute to the types of ideas I write about. Yes. Yeah, I think I can definitely see that in my own work. Like I often get my story ideas, like I was kind of mentioning with questions or like concepts that I want to dig into a little bit. So I will often start out thinking that I know what my story is about. And then once I get into my character's like shoes and heads, I will find out that it's about something else. And that's where I really look forward to the stage uh, when I can take my like very overwritten manuscript and do that kind of like making it concise and cutting and kind of honing down to what it's really about. Um, Cause like what's most exciting to me right now is the idea generating phase where I'm like coming up with the outline. Um, but I have a sense that once I get to that revision stage, I will also like that um, where I'm kind of honing in on that idea, but I've got to get there. You'll yeah. get there. You will. You're at you're at a fun stage, and then you can look forward to the other stage if you feel like it's something. Yes. It'll be like that thing yeah. that keeps driving something you. to aim for. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that that's that's already a recurring theme in this uh, this season <laughs> hall of like what three episodes? Yes, <laughs> um, that where you can't get it all in one pass. You're right. not going to be able to uh, get to the purest form of your idea in one go like it's just not gonna happen like that's not how our brains work again back to that we work in fragments and all of these things and so we have to make multiple passes to go through mm -hmm. and refine and hone and really make our ideas shine and using the right words or the way that we write the sentence to get the reader to go with a certain flow in their brain and like all these little tools that are really fantastic that we have as writers but it's, it's not going to happen in the first draft or so. Yeah, it's iterative or nonlinear. Like, yes, I always want it to okay. be. Right. <laughs> I know. I always want it to be this fully formed, perfect thing, but never, never does that happen. Curses. <laughs> Since we're talking about ideas, I don't know why I didn't. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to how to how to inroad to what I'm trying to say. The segue into look over there. No, it's all right. Okay. Non sequitur. Just go for it. Since we're talking about ideas, it can be hard to be like, "There's no new ideas," um, but it's okay. There are so many stories about the hero's journey because people love hearing the hero's journey. Yeah. You, yes, need to take something and like make it fresh, but that's still totally doable. Tropes are tropes for a reason. It's okay. Like the popular writers are writing about tropes too. It's all good. And if you don't have an idea and you need an idea, just look at a normal story structure, ones that have been used throughout the years, and just think, how can I make this fresh? How can I put a new twist on this? You can't do anything that has never been done before. Like that very, very <laughs> yeah. rarely happens. But you can take something and make it into an enjoyable read. Yeah. Like not everything needs to be like. Not everything needs to be groundbreaking. Yeah. You can still make enjoyable stories without having like crazy concepts. And if you're struggling with just like coming up with something to write, just work from what we know works and then make it your own. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there are times where I'm just like, how can I make this something that I would want to read? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
even if you just start from that point of, okay, I have this general idea of a story arc or a genre that I'm working in or whatever, and then I'm like, what would make it something that I would want to read? Yeah. And then I, and then I, you know, add werewolves and vampires. I don't know. That'd be me. <laughs> yeah. And I know like people say a lot, there's no new ideas, but I'm glad that we're talking about it because I think for me, like where I get bogged down with it is not when I'm thinking of the idea. I'm like, okay, like I can put my own spin on this or whatever, but where I get stuck is when I'm into the project and I get bored with it because <laughs> I have seen it for so long. It's like, okay, like not yeah. only is this cliche, but it's boring. Um, yeah, but yeah, this I has been done just, a million times yeah. and I'm boring myself. So relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's just where you have to, to share it and get that feedback and that can help you iterate new ideas and focus yes. on what you want to focus on. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why writing groups are so important or we're just writing friends mm -hmm. in general, how, yeah. whatever that looks like, because just sharing something with someone else and them getting excited about it makes you realize like oh no i'm i'm the problem it's me <laughs> yeah but at the same time getting to talk through your idea too is super exactly. helpful yeah yeah just having people to bounce ideas off of yes exactly and like when you are hitting a wall because there might be times where you're in your own head and you need to get out of your own way and there are times where you genuinely have come up against an obstacle and maybe it is a boring scene but then you have people who care about you and want to see you yes. succeed that you can talk to <laughs> and they can help you work through that problem and then you can make it not boring anymore. Yep. Addressing like the boring scene concept like kind of ties together a few of the things we've already like said where it's like, is this here for a reason? What is it doing in my story? And then what you yeah. can do is you can, depending on what style of writing you do, you can say, how can I take the scene and make it sadder, more tragic? romantic funny like scary you can just, exactly mm -hmm. yeah you can just take it and try and noodle around and if it doesn't work out cut the scene <laughs> yeah. yeah idea generation doesn't just come like in whole story sometimes that idea generation comes in problem solving in your story mm. yep Yep, yep. There are so many times that I have come up with some of, in my opinion, my cooler concepts because I hit a wall because I was I hit a boring scene and my friends lovingly told me it was boring. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, how do I make this cool or how do I make this more interesting or how do I – whatever. And then you sit there and you're just throwing stuff around. Yeah, you can come up with some really – neat things when you're mid-draft, fourth draft, twelfth draft. Like, you never really know. Like, that's the cool thing about the human brain is we're always changing and growing and learning and more input from whether it's, you know, news or science or other art in whatever form, we're always, input is always coming in. We don't create in a vacuum, which is such a relief. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's why those shower thoughts tend to be really helpful, too, because when you hit those walls or those problems or those questions, you're working on it at the back of your mind, even when you don't think about it. And when you get that chance to just step away and not be physically like 
I don't know, trying to disassemble it or something, then you'll think of something cooler than when you're just trying to like face it head on. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. a, that's the thing that happens a lot of life. Like when you have a problem, sometimes you need to step away from it and not think about yep. it. There's neuroscience behind it where it's like your your brain, it's like frees up space. It's the computing power that you don't know is happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That subconscious mind is just working stuff out. Yeah, and that's probably why dreams are such a cool source of really weird <laughs> ideas, too. I know a lot of people use that as writing inspiration. My dreams are usually pretty boring, but that's, yeah, totally oh, yeah. an example of subconscious. That just made me so happy that you said that because I was like, I should talk about dreams now. And then I was like, no, you don't <laughs> need to talk about dreams now. Calm down, Carly. Just that, save it for next time. And then you brought up dreams. I'm like, yes, <laughs> let's talk about yeah. dreams. She's all, now I have carte blanche. Let's do this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so our subconscious minds tend to work things out in our dreams. Mm -hmm. And because we think in fragments, a lot of times our dreams are chaotic nonsense. To us, it seems like. But we are actually working through things, whether or not we remember it later or not but um but yeah it's definitely uh, a factor yeah. and this is one of the reasons why you find lots and lots of people across the world having dreams about uh being naked in a crowded area public <laughs> speaking and their teeth falling out yeah we're afraid of the same things yeah these are these are and they're like uh they all represent different things or could represent different things yeah. but like such a wide variety of people. It's like your subconscious is definitely doing work in there. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me that like normal people don't dream about rubbing lemon juice on Adam Driver? I think that that's, that's specifically <laughs> you and a few people we know. A manifestation of my incredibly disturbed mind. Is it weird <laughs> if I say that I'm like somewhat jealous? <laughs> I just don't get dreams like that. I just dream about okay. work stress. So here's the thing. It's definitely not as erotic as it sounds. Like he was fully clothed in like robes and stuff. Did he have stuff. any cuts? Like were you were you torturing him? Did he cut up? I was not actually torturing him. We were moving as a team through these caves and then mud was like quick sand, but it was mud. And lemon juice was the only thing that was going to save us, I tell you. Okay? And so I saved his life. By, all right? So you rubbed the lemon juice on his body, and that kept him But it wasn't really on his skin. It was his mud. clothes. He was fully clothed, oh. so it really wasn't as cool oh, as you it sounded. I just, you oversold the nakedness. <laughs> I oversold it the other day for sure. Yeah, if this doesn't turn into some kind of creative work, that's just wasted potential is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I do actually write. A lot of my stories come from my dreams. So I will find a way to turn that into... I thought you were going to say a lot of my stories start with Adam Driver getting rubbed down with lemon <laughs> Sadly, no. Uh, I will find a way to turn that into a creative fiction piece. I feel like I there's a it. real market for that in the fan fiction zone. I'll oh, absolutely. That's an that's an AO3 thing for sure. I'll find a way to put it, get it in you there. Miss, you just have a huge amount of potential, Carly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just wasted potential. <laughs> It was actually a terrifying dream. We were trapped in these caves and there was all sorts of hor horrific creatures in there. I, it was it was not fun. And it wasn't just Adam Driver. It was not Driver. fun. I'm not going to lie. I, I woke up very disturbed. Well, la, ha, 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 ha. She was so disturbed. But I, <laughs> I really like to like emphasize the humor parts of my dreams because most of my dreams are absolutely horrifically terrifying. So I'm like, all right, what was funny about this? Otherwise, I'm going to have a nightmare about it again. <laughs> 
Have you guys ever had lucid dreams where you can kind of control the outcomes of them and guide them? Yeah. Yes. I, yep. I'm, I used to do that in high school all the time. And I'm like, I can't do it now. I, I'm lucky if I yeah. hit REM sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, it is a skill I have lost as well. Yeah, I, it's been a long time since I've had one of those. I wonder if it's something about the adolescent brain. It's like a more, mm. more malleable. Potentially. So yeah. I'm going to Google that. Maybe it also helped that in high school I could sleep for like a solid 10 hours uninterrupted. Dude, and I bet we got so much REM sleep back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greta, yeah. for helping me indulge in my desire to always talk about dreams. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. Always for that. <laughs> we've we've come full circle. I feel like we hit a lot of interesting points. We hit a lot of really, yeah, yeah really we've, good we've points. some highlights. We really, really appreciate you coming back, Greta. Yeah, always it's fun. Fantastic to have you and to hear your creative insights. You're always a wealth of knowledge. I appreciate it. Good, because you're going to have to keep coming back. <laughs> okay, put me on retainer. We need you, okay? You're not going to shake us anytime soon. Ooh, yeah, we should put her on retainer. Make a note of that. I was just going to ask, I know I did not ask you to prepare a recommendation, Greta, but I was just curious if you have something off the top of your head that you would like to recommend today. I do. Um, Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Yes, please do. (laughs) I would like to recommend the YouTube video, How to Not Fuck Up Your Creativity for a Decade uh, by Rachel Steven. I know I'm like the Rachel Steven apologist of this (laughs) podcast, but... The videos that she makes are really great. And this one is about like lessons that she has learned in, I don't know, 10 years plus of being a creative. And I thought about it for this episode because her first point in that video is about inspiration and like pulling ideas from different parts of life for different kinds of creative projects. Um, So I would just recommend giving that a listen. It is a really like affirming, encouraging video and just like there's something in there for everybody. Yeah. Awesome. I'm gonna look at I'm really excited. I'm I'm hooked by the title. Yeah. So it's like a nice chunky video too. It's like 45 minutes or something. Get yourself okay, a, cool. a beverage. <laughs> Sit down. Really get ready to take Excellent. it in. Yeah. What about you, Jamie? Do you have a recommendation? I probably to don't share? have a recommendation that's as good as Greta's. Well, we don't have to rank <laughs> them. We can just in we can just recommend things that are on our mind lately. That's fine. You're making a lot of good points uh i maybe recommended this our first season but i'm rewatching. i i actually can't remember but i finally convinced my husband to watch travelers with me on netflix and i just want to recommend that for anybody who like enjoys science fiction time traveliness and say if you're watching it and you're like i don't know it's not making sense just keep watching it cool Do you have a recommendation for us, Carly? I do. And it's perfect because today is May the 4th, the the recording day, not today, today when you guys are listening. But um, I highly recommend playing Star Wars The Old Republic. It is an online, free-to-play, role-playing game. And it is particularly cool because... It is very story-centric. Your character that you get to create and design and all of that, and you get to be a Jedi or a Sith or a bounty hunter or a smuggler, you have all kinds of options, and then you go through the story and you interact with 
the quest givers and you actually dialogue with them and you have multiple choices. You can make uh, good choices and bad choices and that alters the outcome of your personal given story. And it is incredibly satisfying and I actually think a really fun way to play with not only dialogue but different outcomes of a given story. And it's really helped me with my... um, my kind of problem solving on the fly when I'm trying to craft certain scenes, thinking through, okay, well, if I say this, then this is probably what would happen. But if maybe they could try this instead. And it, it's, it's also very fun and it's Star Wars. So, you know. Sweet. Thank you again, Greta. We can find you on Instagram at Greta Valentine Writes. Correct. And I have links in my bio. I do. Most of them are to this podcast. But I do have links there. <laughs> I love it. Well, and to your short story, right? Yes. So that people can read that, which is also amazing. You can find me at Carly Writes Things on Instagram and on my website, kcashwriter.com. Cool. You can find me at sci fi oh my on Instagram or on my website, jamieredact.com or sci fi oh my.com. If you like what we do here on the podcast, you could buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash the act break podcast. Follow and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a review. Thanks for listening, internet friends. Bye. Talk to you later. I don't know why I waved. I, yeah, we all waved. <laughs> <laughs>